Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flickin' Real Fancast, your friendly neighborhood fancast. We are your source for news, reviews, and daily discourse. Once again, I am joined by Scott, and we will be reviewing and discussing WandaVision, and this week's title is uh, on a very special episode. Speaking of a very special episode, we are joined today by Chris Anthony Lopez. Chris That's is a friend of the show and one of the hosts of the always amazing Spin from the Real podcast. Chris, why don't you take a uh, quick second here to tell the listeners and viewers about what it is that you do and where you're from. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, currently, I'm residing in uh, Northwest Oklahoma. That's where I call home right now. And I am a radio DJ. I'm a podcast host of, of three, believe it or not, three separate podcasts that have nothing to do with one another. Um, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Spin from the Real, that's the one I do for the Schmodown stuff that uh, Jesse may be familiar with. I don't know. Um, I do Wrestle Real. We talk about um, it's, it's the most unorthodox wrestling show ever. We just talk about whatever we like. We don't review the, the weekly wrestling stuff because who cares about that? And I do my own podcast that's separate from those called For Chris's Sake. For F O R Chris's C H R I S apostrophe sake, and that's just my everything podcast. If it's not wrestling, if it's not Schmodown, I talk whatever I want to talk about. Whether it ranges from uh, graduating uh, as a first generation student all the way to WandaVision and the Spider Man three and how that movie will be insane. I just I talk about everything in between that. So it's my pleasure to be here talking WandaVision episode five. Hell yeah, brother! Thank you. And Scott, uh, anyone that's watched the show is familiar with Scott. So um, unless you got anything to plug, Scott. Uh, just some hair follicles. <laughs> I can use a row right across here. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, speaking of plugs and hair follicles, listen, uh, listeners, are you on the go or rarely sitting down long enough to watch a podcast? Don't worry. We have you covered. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. All the links will be found in the description below. If it's not there currently, it will be later today. All right, guys. So, WandaVision, episode nine or five. Why did I write down? Oh, well, five of nine. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. I'm brand new. This is my first time. It's the finale of WandaVision. We That's right, guys. We, we saw it early. We saw it early. Yeah. A month in advance. Well, it's amazing for a finale that left a lot of cliffhangers, you know. It sure, it sure, <laughs> and, and they confirmed there's not going to be a season two, so I'm, I'm very curious to see how they wrap up an entire show in, uh, in movies. When the Justice League showed up, I lost my mind. Lost my oh, mind. Oh, if it wasn't obvious, guys, once again, this is a spoiler review, so we will be going into details, details upon details, and, and uh, speculation, <laughs> things that we've heard, things that we've seen red i think um am i the only person that's seen this episode twice everyone else on one right now i saw it twice i, I watched I it back to back just to make sure i had it and didn't miss anything yeah okay. i watched it once in the morning and again at night before i went to sleep that's how i prefer to fall asleep nowadays perfect so if people had any question we are the number one experts on the internet in all things wandavision don't go anywhere else <laughs> <laughs> um i will say we talked about so there's nine episodes you got the first first act second act third act and now we are in the dead center of the second act the middle the meat of the movie and this episode was off the charts from the opening credit roll and it did not stop until the end credits started it was just packed moment to moment the entire thing and it had a completely different shift feel of everything in the episode 
and we won't be the first peoples to bring this up, but um, I'll I'll do it anyways. Uh, the amount of people complaining, Scott, about the first two episodes and the pacing of them. Uh, how do you feel? <laughs> how are you guys doing now? Well, it's one of those things. Um, the first two episodes, I, I I've said it basically every week that they really left me just kind of be like, okay. That, that was laying groundwork. Episode three started the ball rolling like, oh, there's some stuff happening. Now that gentle easing in feels like they've <laughs> uh, they've taken all the guardrails off of everything. They're just slapping you with everything. Every two seconds you think oh, you can't take Star Wars. They, they took the guardrails off. Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, the the pace is so dramatically different in this episode than the pace of the first few episodes. Um there's no longer little jokes or anything like even the subtle jokes that like in the first couple episodes are kind of funny. The subtle jokes in this episode are like, Ew. like yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, it's totally different and you get an unease with everything that's happening. Well, um, I want to ask Chris uh, just really quick spark notes here. Cause you're, you're new to our uh, viewers and listeners. How um, have you felt about like, let's say episode one through four overall in the series? I actually really loved the first two episodes, maybe because I'm a fan of that style of sitcom, that era of sitcom. Like I, like the I Love Lucy's and the Bewitched. Like I, I, I love that stuff, and they did a great homage to that while laying down the groundwork, as you said, Scott, for what we're gonna get later. And holy shit, they really teased us in the beginning into what we're getting now. But I will, I will never forget one of my favorite shots to this day. Although we've already seen episode five. Still, one of my favorite shots, scenes, is when they're at the dinner table in episode one. And I believe it's episode one. And it's uh, Mr. Hart, Mrs. Hart, Vision, and Wanda. And yes. it, the whole tone of the show changes in a heartbeat. And it becomes like Hitchcockian. And we're all just like, what the hell is happening? And then when, he starts, when he starts choking and she's like, stop it. Stop mm -hmm. it. And she just keeps repeating, stop it. And you're like, what is happening right now? And then Wanda has to tell Vision to save him. And so he reaches in with the hand to pull out the, the stuff. It is, you're right. That, And I do want to say, I love that style of sitcom as well. I, as far as that not doing anything, I've felt that more just like plot wise. It's really just laying groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. But the style was so good. But it did have that era. You were suddenly, instead of being in the Dick Van Dyke show, you, you were full on into Hitchcock, like the birds type of mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And when she just kept kept screaming or saying "stop it" over and over, it that was the first place where I had that horrifically uncomfortable feeling. Like, okay, this is is this dude about to die in the opening of the show, or how's this going to go? And it was this weird feeling of okay, we're on a. Does she not understand that there's a show going on or what's happening? Uh, and so there was some really cool things in those early episodes. Absolutely. Right. And they, and like, it's, that's what you said. There was no plot because people were waiting for the plot. Cause I guarantee when you sell a WandaVision show and even in the trailers, it's action, it's Wanda using her hands and her, and it's vision there. And people expected that off the bat. And it's like, no, we got, we have to earn it first. And I feel like we didn't really get there until the end of or really at the end of four where they showed us what happened at the end of three like yeah. that's that's what that's where i started to begin or i started thinking yo okay now we're getting that marvel that's where the speculation like took off 
Yeah, uh, like now we can start thinking about the future of the show and what, what's going to happen going forward. Really quickly, because I'm an amateur, I had to look it up, but I want to give full marks to the showrunner, Jack Schaefer, who is doing yes. a phenomenal job of writing just so many lines. Like, there's horror elements, there's comedy, and then MCU is like its own line entirely, and he's just like carefully balancing on all these tight ropes, because if you tip too far into any one of them, the whole show falls apart and it doesn't work. So the fact that they're able to just keep up the quality and keep up the balance has been spectacular. And Kevin Feige gets a lot of the love, too, as he should, because he's an incredible producer. He's produced all this crazy shit we got going on. Uh, I, don't, I didn't even ask. Can I cuss on this? I didn't ask. Um, it already I, happened, I, so go I, ahead. <laughs> I, try to, I try to limit the F-bombs, but like... It's, oh, I, you know, yeah. Oh, that's my one. That's my one. Um, that's okay. But it's, with, I, don't, I don't really care, I, but... With Jack Schaefer, uh, like she does deserve a lot of credit for what she's doing in the show. And I believe it's um, uh, Mark Shackman. He's directing all these episodes. You don't see that too often, where one person directs everything. Or, like, that's... We're, we're going to see it with Obi-Wan, with um, yes. Deborah so, Chow. So hopefully Disney Plus like, sets that new standard. Because on network television, you don't see that, where one person directs all 22 or whatever the hell. But with these I think it makes sense with that. the approach that they're looking at this cinematically. And they're basically breaking up movies into six to nine parts. And if you think of it like that way, it makes sense that you have a singular vision carrying out through the whole project. Well, we talked about it last week where last uh, episode four was the first one that felt like a movie episode. Yeah. Like first three episodes felt like TV show mm -hmm. episode. Episode four was like, no, we're in the midst of a movie with a TV show as the conduit to see it. But this is a total movie feel now. And it's way different. All right, guys, what do you think? 10 minutes in is a good time to start reviewing the One sure. thousand. <laughs> uh, let me just say, uh, I grew up in the area, in the era of this episode. And so the full house growing pains, kind of the, the new house, the stairwells and everything, it, it all had this vibe and feel of, oh, this was the childhood I grew up in watching TV. So as far as like the setting, for the WandaVision episode, it really it touched my heart because this is exactly like the opening scene of the house and everything with the fence and as they come in and then the, the credits playing for the new new episode uh, was and, and the theme song for the new episode. I know you had uh, pulled up the lyrics to it was really good. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that yeah. in further detail. Uh, so the first thing we do see in episode five is that the... Um, Wanda and Vision each have a, one of the twins in their arms, and they're trying to settle them down because they won't stop crying, and they're trying to get them put to sleep. And uh, Vision admits to Wanda, he's like, well, I read him Charles Darwin, The Descent of Man. And it's like right off the bat they're doing some stuff. Because if you look up, because I remember when I heard that, I was like, that sounds like something. I'm going to go look that up later. And I did. I looked up The Descent of Man, and it is a book. It is like one of the first books on the concept of human evolution. And if we're fans of Marvel Comics, we see human evolution as Homo sapiens developing into Homo superiors, or more commonly known as mutants. Interesting. So, um, do you guys have any thoughts on that before I, I move on to some of the other stuff with the twins? Um, it's again, it's kind of like the Shakespeare stuff why Billy is named Billy after William Shakespeare. Um, and the, all the world is a stage, you know, that mm. came out of episode four that again, it's those little tiny things. They're subtle with them, but uh, 
they don't miss a beat. If you're going to use dialogue in a show, you might as well make it count. And every line in this show has weight to it. If you pay no attention. Filler. Yeah. I, I know, I know people are clamoring for mutants in, in this universe. And I, I think we could wait. I, I like to think that was just a nice little tease towards something greater than what Marvel's doing right now, even though Marvel's doing some great things, some big things right now. Mutants is a whole separate thing. And I I like to think it was just a nod, but I wouldn't be surprised if they spin it into something bigger by the end of this show before even anything movie-wise comes out. We could have a whole conversation about mutants because I definitely have a standpoint similar to Chris. I'm very protective of the X-Men. And I think if you just all of a sudden are like, here's mutants but they don't have any past. You lose a lot of what makes the X-Men. You lose the concept of Apocalypse being a mutant from ancient Egypt, and you lose the fact that Magneto was a mutant growing up during the Holocaust, and you just lose a lot of very important elements. But we will move on from that, but I I echo your sentiments there. Uh, And we will, let's see. um, So Agnes appears, as she always does, when Wanda is in need uh, with her jazzercise clothes on. Can we talk about that outfit? Because I thought it was phenomenal. Um, uh, Wanda tells Vision, I think we need some help. And then bada bing, bada boom, we got Agnes in there, of course. Um, and she asked to take the kids, I believe. And Vision's like, oh, maybe you better not. And she's like, she looks in like instant panic at Wanda. Like, oh, this wasn't in the script kind of. And she's like, should I run it from the top? You want me to do this differently? And since I just rewatched it, there's a lot of uncomfy things in the show, but it's this like 10, 12 second interaction that it like my skin crawls and I don't, I don't like it. Can I say just before that, uh, they're trying to get the kids to be silent and uh, Wanda asked vision to go get their pacifiers. And so he goes to the kitchen, comes back with them as earplugs and uh, they're right. still crying and goes, and he pulls them out to give them to her and he goes, Oh, noise canceling is not their number one function. <laughs> um, and it just the idea the of you know, they're plugging the, the ears, but into the mouth, it'll actually be more effective. Uh, but yeah, no, the interaction with her, with Agnes and the, you want me to take it from the top when vision doesn't like that. She just appeared that she's got the answers to these things. He's like, no, I don't really want her to help with the babies. And it almost seems like Wanda is with Agnes. Like, well, this was, that's not, that's not how this is supposed to flow. And Vision is constantly throughout this episode having those moments of this doesn't feel right. Nothing about this feels right. Why is she here right when we need somebody to help with the babies? Right. And they and double then... down on that later in the episode too, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. But with this with this exchange, talk about uncomfortable. We've seen some uncomfortable things. As I mentioned the first episode, how the episode ended. And there's been things between then and now that's like, whoa, like what the hell's going on here? But this, this is where it hits you over the head with it. Like mm-hmm. they take this club that is like the 10, 15 seconds of awkwardness and they hit <laughs> you over the head with it. And it's not even subtle. No, it's not subtle at all. Like it's like, oh, um, it's like, you want me to take us from the top? And Vision's like, what are you talking about? And Wanda's like, uh, Viz, uh, like trying to spin it. And Agnes is still like, hey, um, like, do you want to. Like you want, let's just do the whole scene again. Take it from the top. It's like no, like what is what is ha- what's truly happening here? Because I I can't I can't even begin to explain how weird it was and how that was truly the like the fifth or sixth domino or however so many dominoes where it's like this show is just getting weird 
and we're starting to acknowledge it through the characters involved and through the players involved. And I'm going to throw out that Wanda's not a fantastic bluffer because she's like, what are you talking about? Nothing happened. There's nothing weird. And it's like, you're a horrendous liar. I got your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, It makes me wonder if Agnes is involved in some other way. Like I'm torn on how much she's involved in the production of what's happening. Um, Or is she, is, is she really in tune with what Wanda wants out of this show and Vision's not, so she's like, okay, do you want to try again? Like, why isn't he reading his line properly? Um, and so it makes me wonder, is there, what layers behind Agnes's thoughts for the show? And is it just Wanda's voice? Like, how's this coordinating? And really, how was Vision able to get himself disconnected from the story that's being projected to him? Well, we got back-to-back WTFs. It goes from that moment of pure awkwardness to then they're like, oh, look, it's quiet. They finally fell asleep, and they go and check the cribs, and the twins are gone. And then you hear, mommy, daddy, and you turn around, and you got two five-year-old twins. And <laughs> at this point, we're, I mean, I think we kind of expected that for the development, something weird like that was going to happen with the twins. But to just witness it is, uh, again, you're like, this is, none of this is natural. This is all very disconcerting. Well, this is where I was talking about right after that moment is when we get the the new credits for the new show with the older boys and we get to see all of the layers of, hey, here's the family, everyone growing up. And we joked about it before the show, the, the one of the highlights, baby vision in the new credits for the new episode because now the kids are older. We're also in the 90s. So let's show a new or 80s, late 80s, early 90s. We're in the new version. So we've got a new credits into the show of the WandaVision sitcom inside. And it's trying and to portray a new story. I was I was going to share those really quick, but I the last point I wanted to make on the twins is that um, this clearly seems to be something that Wanda's not in 100% control of the twins nope. because right when they shift ages, Agnes makes a comment, well, you can't control those kids or you know something along those lines, which we will follow up with later. Can we, should we really quickly run through the lyrics? So I think they're pretty great. No, go please, ahead. Go ahead. All right, I'm not singing. (laughs) So the lyrics are, you wander the world with a vision of what life could be, but the years come and teach you to just wait and see. Forces may try to pull us apart, Thanos or various other folks, but nothing can phase me if you're in my heart. Phase, yep, we got vision. It's like every line is just cracking me up. Crossing our fingers, singing a song. We're making it up as we go along. Through the highs and lows, we'll be right, we'll be wrong. We're making it up as we go along. And there will be days we won't know which way to go, but we'll take it higher. You're all I desire. When the going gets tough, when push comes to shove, we're making it up because we got love, we got love, we got love. Maybe we got WandaVision. So um, it simplifies as it goes along. But there's some real good stuff in there. And admittingly, I was just enjoying the song and I wasn't listening to the lyrics too much upon first watch. Um, but what did you guys think of that intro? And uh, alongside the pictures and imageries that we got of baby vision and the kids growing up and what I think is probably actual uh, childhood photos of Elizabeth Olsen that they dug up somewhere. Yeah, as a oh, teenager. Yeah. I, I think that the, the, the one takeaway from, the one real takeaway in my opinion from the opening credits or opening lyrics were uh, we're making this up as we go along. Because it truly is, we are making this up. Wanda is making this up as she goes, amending things as we've seen in episode four, where the the show cuts, it's a hard cut, 
and it's the new thing, whatever Wanda fixes, whatever she amends in her own show. She decides what's in frame. Exactly. She decides what is in the shot, and it's like, what is so many different moving parts to this? It boggles my mind. But well, go ahead, please. In, in, well, even in the last episodes, uh, Darcy commented that somebody's editing the show from the inside. Like right. somebody's censoring what they're allowed to see. And that is Wanda. Like we're making this up as we go. Like she's trying to piece together what she wants the world to see of her life. There's another party involved inside the dome that we don't know exactly who it is. The popular theory was it's, it's Agnes. Cause Agnes is there conveniently. As you mentioned a second ago, she happens to be there when they need her most doing whatever the hell. And she knows that the kids are weird. They aged five years, and she's like, can't control them kids. Like, what? Who has that kind of reaction to that? Nobody. Like, so I, I, I'm i not even sold it to Agnes anymore. Agnes may just be, she may be like a stooge of the bigger party that is involved, and we have no idea who that is still. Yeah. Oh, totally. We Well, we had the Hydra Soap in, I think, episode two. They had a commercial for Hydra Soap, which is the you know, we know is mind control soap. Um, and so there's a, who other than Wanda is back here, but we also know that Hydra and some of these people were uh, key in perpetrating some of the experiments on uh, Wanda and Pietro uh, to bring about their powers. Now also wanting to talk about the mutants really quickly. The kids are the first children we've seen born of people with powers in the MCU. We haven't seen anybody with powers have a child that would be brought up that possibly would be naturally endowed with gifting that maybe was brought about in a different way. So these kids, uh, you know, that idea of the the mutations, these could be the first two born with something new. And we haven't seen, I believe Tommy is speed. We haven't seen the speed powers manifest, but where I was thinking it was a universal decision to do the aging, maybe it is um, solely Wiccan that is aging the kids up you know i'll be honest uh looking at the kids haircuts with the longer hair i totally had the feel of the uh, <laughs> of uh, the evan peters style quicksilver for uh tommy and i was like wait a minute is this kid getting the longer hair so he has that style of like the speed hair flying backwards type of look yeah, oh, yeah. um but that's <sighs> again all these little things like where are they going to go we've got four more episodes Totally. Four more. So much more movie to play. And with with the kids, right? I mm, so you, <laughs> I didn't think about the fact that they were um, so th- these are the first two kids born of superheroic beings, superpowered beings. Although one one of them's an android, and he's probably still dead. But we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll see. Um, but what I want to see, and what they're totally going to do at some point, at least what I think so. What's going to happen when they try to leave the dome? What happens to those kids? Are they going to evaporate? Are they going to like Thanos stuff okay. away? Like what? What's the deal? Because they're are they real? Like are are they as real as Wanda is? Now we can jump. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but uh, Monica Rambeau comments on that. She was there for the delivery of the child. They she's like, no, they're hers. They are real kids. She was there. She saw it with her own eyes. Now from that point, when we get those credits of that little bit of a scene and they grow up, we jump outside of the dome. And we get the the sword FBI kind of breakdown, but we also get to see what's happening with Monica Rambeau and like what they're doing all the tests on her to figure out what happened. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jesse, you hinted on it earlier when we were talking about they do the x-rays of her skull and nothing comes up. Well, I think there's a little bit of color in like the corner of it and it just looks like it's been kind of um, like overexposed to light, you know, like when you try to take a picture in front of like a sunny window or something. And for anyone that is familiar with the comics or a simple Google search, you know that Monica Rambeau, aside from having a time as being uh, Captain Marvel, she was also she was known as Photon. And she had the ability to kind of manipulate and utilize light um, and like kind of she's like weaponized light, basically. And you think about if you have like a concentrated light source and you try to do an X-ray on it, it's just going to come out white. Mm-hmm. Well, when they say that none of it turns out, they need more blood samples, more pictures, and Monica just sits up and goes, "No, you're done," and walks away like, "You're you've got nope, we're done." Captain Rambo almost like to play with. Yeah, she, like she knows she she's aware that there's something up, but she's not. She's like, "Ah, you're finished, and you don't have enough uh, authority to keep me here and keep testing me." <laughs> Do you and, think I, I don't want to? I don't want to get okay. I'll I'll shelf my thought until we get to that portion of the episode. It's like, so I, this this show time. is like like I love watching Mandalorian, but like Wandavision, I feel like the tangent is always right here, and it's so easy to just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they do ask her about her her feelings, um, or like what it felt like to be in Westview, and she said she had basically essentially had a hopeless feeling of grief with a constant voice in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like, does seem that possibly she was mutated. I, I, I chose to use the term mutated because I wanted to, but something may have happened to her um, being inside and then casted out of Westview. In, Very possible. In regards to Monica, so to talk about the commercials for a second, I, I interpreted the commercials as Wanda like, explicitly expressing her her uh, griefs and her, the trauma that she's had. So, like, we saw, we saw the Stark one in the first episode. That's like, oh, Stark's the one that cooped her up in Civil War. We saw the Hydra one. They captured the Strucker one. Strucker's the one that gave her the powers with the with Loki scepter. And we saw the the Hydra like, oh, come back, to, um, like, uh, like something about the goddess. With yeah, unleash your inner goddess. And inner it's goddess. like when you want to go to a paradise without going anywhere. Right, and it was just like one big metaphor for what's going on in in the dome, and I I'm I'm interpreting the commercials as like yo like this is either Wanda telling us what's happening to her or what's already happened to her, and I and I and I I can't wait to see how they do that and when they stop doing that because there's not Wanda's went through so much shit and she's only excuse me she's been through so much stuff in the last in the last few years of the MCU. And like dusting, getting her the love of her life, getting the stones out of her out of his face, and all the Age of Ultron, Civil War stuff, she, the Lagos one that we saw this episode. Like, there's there's so many different things. I mean, it's a it's a light skipping ahead if you want to. Um, let's let's cover let's cover the commercial this episode. It doesn't really uh, matter if we do it out of turn a little bit. It's yeah, a so, Lagos brand paper towel. Yeah, yeah. Not not a whole lot to say about it, but it's uh, it's basically a paper. Line. Yeah, when you uh, for the mess you made, but you didn't mean to, and it's like I kind of got a light chuckle out of it, but then the uncomfortable feeling because it was tragic. It was what set off civil war. If you really want to think about it, it was the it led to the series of events you could say that led to Vision's death. Because if the Avengers were a unified force in Infinity War, 
there's a really good chance that uh, Thanos would not have come out on top if you had um, Hulk on board and Thor. I mean, I guess both of them weren't in Civil War, but, you know, Cap and Iron Man, if everyone could, like, bring everybody together, Thanos would have hit Earth and had much more of a fight on his hands. Um, well, Lagos was the city where she blew up a building in Civil War. So right. yeah. it's... <clears throat> Then that touches exactly on what you were saying, where then these this is her expressing trauma mm-hmm. that has basically put her in this place. And these are all just, you know, um, repressed memories <laughs> basically coming out of hardships in her life, which makes sense. Uh, and clean the tagline, cleaning up the mess you didn't mean to make. It's like. Like obviously, well, can we talk about the red juice when we like first see the paper towels? Like just cleaning the red juice off the tables was um, morbid. Very symbolic. Yeah. Extremely morbid. Yes. This show is this show's messed up. This show's it awfully is. messed up. Where <laughs> um, anybody saying that this show is boring to me isn't paying attention. Yo, absolutely. Um, Not being elitist, but I'm if, gonna if be. If you think the show's boring, don't watch it. <laughs> So right. after after the Monica um, kind of breakdown of what's going on with her, they cut to the scene where we have the debrief, right? Where uh, we we have a, a almost like a power struggle between the FBI and Sword and Agent Wu and the director, kind of in a bit of disagreement about what's actually happening and how. Oh yeah, him. whether she's a, an ally or the villain. And Sword is looking at her as though she is the uh, antagonist, and the FBI and Monica and that group, basically the allies of Monica, Darcy, and uh, Agent Wu are those three are viewing her. No, there's something else going on. She's a good person. She's part of the Avengers. She's not a bad person. There's something else happening. And Sword's basically written it off. It's like, no, no, no. Listen, she's the one causing this to happen. She's holding an entire town captive something's going on. And so we have this differing perspective and view on what's actually taking place on the inside. And we see tension between the two and uh, something else that was noted. I read a couple of different articles. Never did they call her Scarlet witch. They, when no. they list aliases and other names, it's never Scarlet witch. It's just Wanda. Wanda that. Maximoff. That too. They're like, does she have, does she have a name, like a nickname? And they're like, no, it's Wanda. Well, they're code names. Oh, yeah, Can code I bring names. up something that is crucially important? I think to that, when they announced WandaVision, Kevin Feige said, this is when we're going to see Wanda become Scarlet Witch. I, I do remember him saying that. I, uh-huh. It might have been in different words, but he did say Scarlet Witch. And I think that that is why that line exists. Because um, obviously her powers are red and scarlet, so you can see where that comes from. But I think we are just starting to dive into the witch elements. And, totally. Um, I got. To, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have chills the first time somebody, um, somebody drops that name. And it's who says it and how they say it. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. it, it could be spun into this like, like she's a Scarlet Witch. Dun dun dun. Like it could be. It could be some really scary. If it's stuff. Darcy, it might come out like cheesy. But like, what if she joins the ranks of like the ancient witches from Salem, like Agatha? And then they refer to it as their Scarlet Witch. God, well, they've already hinted at the witchcraft with the hex. So it's a hexagon shape. And they've already ca- started calling what's happening the hex. And so they're they're laying the groundwork for all of this well in advance. I mean, um, when it happens, like you said, it's how and what's the tone, who says it, 
how it's presented, Darcy would be the perfect person to lay that out there as to kind of calling her or saying what she's doing is, is witchcraft, mm -hmm. which would uh, lean into it. But yeah, there's, it's, it's ominous that they are intentionally not wanting to call her these names. And so and it the, almost like they haven't revealed who she really is. And the two groups that are, there are butting heads during this briefing. It's sword and really woo Rambo and Lewis. And just so we can specify, as far as we know, like sword has not had any contact with any beings that are supernatural, super powerful, but Lewis had Thor Rambo had a Captain Marvel. Now I want to mention something about Captain Marvel in a second. I and think then, I know where you're going, but yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Jimmy Woo with Ant-Man, right? Although Ant-Man's not as freaking powerful as, as Captain Marvel. Like they've all had experience with Avengers or Avengers type characters. And we're, and they're like, you know, like Wanda, like, like she is a good person, but something's going on in there. that's causing her to do these things. And it doesn't help that um, that Wanda uh, exposed herself to be the person that she is a little bit later uh, in the episode. But uh, to talk about Rambo for a second, so they straight up mentioned Captain Marvel by name in this episode, and, and Monica is just like, "We're not talking about her." Yeah, I don't want to talk about her. It's like what right. when they when, we, when they get into planning, or the way into... she decides to just brush by it and be like, "Um, well, that's that's a great theory. We're not talking about that." See ya. Mm -hmm. Like. Wouldn't Captain Marvel be an incredible person to call in at this point in time? Nope, we're not talking about that. See ya. She um, is she's probably incredibly spiteful for Carol leaving in when Captain Marvel and when Carol left to go do her intergalactic policing. Like Carol straight up wasn't there for Maria when mm -hmm. she needed her most, and so I can I can read between the lines a little bit. Um, and in in addition, the the last point or note that I had on, on the briefing is that we are made privy to, I say it's suspicious um, recordings, but we do get to see Wanda break into S.W.O.R.D. and steal Vision's corpse. Why would they be holding, like, I got permission. One, who's giving the director permission on to whether or not he can show it to these people? Like, okay, that just pulled back. Who's, anymore, right? who's behind these people? You know, yeah. who's everything blown apart and then brought back together suddenly what these accords back in uh, in, uh in effect now five years later there's because we know there's all the these different layers but they the, the idea that there's a what are oh well oh. and on the board in episode three it was written scrolls who's who's behind this scrolls question mark <laughs> or what if it's uh, i'm thinking i'm thinking way too far ahead what if it's Doom? Like Doom's like the the overarching like maybe he someone has to be funding Sword. Where'd Sword come from? Like, I have a Fantastic Four theory as we as we get farther along here too, so we'll bring that up. So like, of course. So and you they they showed us that Fantastic Four the Fantastic Four are coming, but John what Watts. If it's, so like what if it's Doom? Like oh god, that just popped into my brain. Oh my lord! But no, the Captain Marvel stuff. Doom like, would be so amazing, right? Mm, but. And all you have to do is say is that like who's who's running sword? Oh, it's Victor Von Doom. Bang! Roll credits. Never say it ever again. Like it's all we need. But I love that Monica's spiteful towards Carol for leaving, and that she wasn't there for her mom when she was passing away from cancer. By the way, holy hell, that's a powerful opening to episode four. I know we're talking about episode five, but I was I could have started ouchie. crying watching episode four. Big ouchie. Real, real stuff. Yeah. So, um, I 
I, I want to know how that's fleshed out later in Captain Marvel 2 between Monica and Carol. And now that Monica's older and she's obviously a completely different person, she didn't get to say goodbye to her mom and Carol wasn't there for her to, as far as we know. And now we're seeing how that's going to pan out. So but, after we we see that video, we get the conversation about the Sokovia Accords and that it was against Vision's will to have his body taken because he didn't want to be a weapon for anybody, which is yeah. weird because Sword is already viewing Vision as a weapon to be utilized against people. And at what point did Vision write a will? Yeah, I, di I didn't know Vision had a, a, lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of info, which is dumped on us. It's like, Sus. oh, the Accords, Vision's will, like Vision had a will? Like, when did you have the time? So much stuff was going on in such a short was amount it of Infinity time. Infinity War? Did he get like stabbed in the back? He's like, oh, I should probably get on that will writing, huh? Yeah, it's like I don't want to be used as a weapon, especially by my wife. Like, <laughs> like I, in uh, that in that camera footage that you said was completely suspect. By the way, there's no way Wanda's doing that under her own volition. No, yeah. to break into a to to steal his body. No, she got. Did she get snapped? Yes. Okay, yeah. so she got snapped, comes back five years later. He's still dead. Um, and now maybe is dealing with the trauma of everything that happened. But at the same time, it just seems weird that she would take this approach to resurrect. She would have, the, the grief she would have gone through would have had to been to such an extreme level. But the first thing she does when she gets brought back is go try and kill Thanos. And her her mindset is you took everything from me. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. Which is one of the best lines at the in the climax of Endgame, <laughs> yeah. and because it really harkens the fact that he came forward in time, right? Like he's he's time jumping just like everybody else in order to fight this battle and kill everybody, and he's completely disconnected. Like I don't know why you guys are so mad at me. <laughs> and I only I only won. I only snapped half the universe out of existence. Like <laughs> yeah, well the the idea that she's uh, that grief stricken seems. And uh, now, granted, everyone ex expresses and responds to grief completely different. Okay, yeah. every individual, uh, being a pastor, I've walked with people in situations like that, and everyone responds different. Um, but the idea that she would go and break into a government facility, steal the body um, of somebody she knows is dead, it seems weird. And then also, to be honest, the, the fact that they actually think the Sokovia Accords can stop superheroes from doing what they want to do with their life. Can I want to, I want to bring up my, my banger of a thought because um, self-proclaimed uh -oh. banger of a thought. So uh, my fiance, we're, we're both loving the show and she brought up though, um, regarding like the footage and the idea of her stealing visions corpse and the idea of her uh, potentially mind controlling um, hundreds of people. It sounds like, it sounds like there's thousands of people in that town, but we don't know where all of them are. Anyway, she's like, I love Wanda. I know that she's, obviously grief stricken but this does not seem in character for her this seems a bit much because at the end of Endgame, when they're at the funeral with hawkeye she seemed to be doing okay or you know accepting things and i was like let me look up my little friend the five stages of grief here um the first is denial which i think can be viewed as they're doing okay they're in denial of how much they've lost of um, how much has happened then anger well we saw anger at thanos then bargaining wouldn't you say that Westview is just one giant bargaining chip? Like just that's how she's dealing with it. And then depression, the end of House of M, anybody? And then maybe acceptance comes in Doctor Strange too.
I okay. How about bargaining? I'll I'll I see your theory and I'll raise you mine. Please do. I I think a literal deal with the devil's being made. Boom. Yeah. A, a, like a literal deal with the devil. Not and and Wanda doesn't know that she who she was dealing with. So she needed an extra boost, and she's at she's at her lowest. She lost her significant other, and she almost almost killed Thanos. Easily could have, but. Raid fire, like all that, all that stuff. But order the blitz. Yeah, now, she. Go ahead. Uh, to to pile onto her uh, her feelings, we have to remember she didn't just lose Vision; she was forced to kill Vision. The first, to, yeah. she killed him herself. Had to destroy the person she loved most in the world just to save the universe, only to have the universe reverse time and take the stone anyways. So she it's murdered. Nothing. She murdered him. Then had to witness him be brought back to life and killed again. Like she, the double hit there is so brutal to her. And then she snapped and comes back five years later to a devastated world. Like the the arc of problems and issues that she's had to deal with are so far beyond just kind of the basic uh, bit of grieving because she made the hard call to destroy him. And I, I also want to point out that it was noted in the episode that she was strong enough to have killed Thanos if she had known her full powers. Right. Yeah. She could have by herself. Well, it wasn't so, just the realizing the full powers. It was, that's when Monica said, and except for Thanos ordered a blitz, which is basically just like hellfire raining down top of them. She had him by the Oh, that's true. Balls. She had him like ripping him she apart. Was going to kill him. Yeah. She was <laughs> going to kill him. Um, I got I got no great transition. Hard transition. We got to talk about Sparky, Sparky the dog. Sparky, <laughs> which I found out is from the Vision comics, where Vision had his own family, which is yeah. kind of semi semi more recent. So I was educated on that. Mm -hmm. And Sparky does die in that, and they resurrect him in some weird manner. But I don't know a whole lot about the Vision comics specifically. Um, it's, almost, it's almost as if like someone's manager, we can just call him and he can just educate us on, uh, <laughs> on, on Vision. But we'll. We'll if, worry about if that. If I had a personal connection to Koi Jandra, I know he knows all kinds of things God, about Marvel Comics. What a shame. But you were saying, Jesse, go ahead. Um, well, uh, we have just a little comedic bit of Wanda walking into the kitchen, and the boys have a dog in the sink that they're trying to clean up. And um, you know, I think she's she's hinting out that they can't they can't keep the dog. But of course, what happens the second that they uh, show the dog. Agnes comes barging into the house with a with a dog. Was it a dog bed or a dog house? I don't remember. Dog house. It was a whole. Dog it's a little house. brown dog house. Almost yeah. looks like a dog crate, but in the shape of a house. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Chris, what do what do they want to name the dog first? Oh Jesus! They wanted to name him. Um, uh, what was what was his name? It was uh, like Sniffy. Yeah, you got it. It was, it was Sniffy yeah. exactly. Um, and then he goes and finds a, a power outlet that he sniffs around, a little spark shoot out. And, like, and then Agnes is like, oh, how about Sparky? Um, and so they, they come to terms with the fact that, like, okay, we're going to... Oh, well, actually, sorry, I, I missed a transition. They're like, well, you're not ready to take care of a dog right now. Maybe when you're 10. And Vision happens, says Scott? 10. Vision yeah. says, is one that says 10. Yeah. Yeah, and then we just see the kids wanting it, and they're like, oh, I have to be 10? I can make that happen. And, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and this actually feeds later in the episode. Well, we're, we're jumping ahead. Well, I guess no, it still has to do with Sparky. They age up so they can get a dog, right? Yeah. And 
I don't want to jump too far, but it does it does deal with Sparky. When Sparky dies later in the episode, the kids are grief-stricken, and then we see this uncomfortable moment where the kids are like, Mom, can't you just bring him back? You can do that. Oh, and yep. she's like, no, we can't just bring people back from the dead. Mind you, their dad's running around as zombie vision. Freaking, freaking in this. Oh, my gosh. And it's it's really – they're calling her out because they know what she's capable of. Mm-hmm. They won't do it. And then you see the kids upset by grief, not wanting to handle their their grief well. And Wanda has to figure out, like, she's trying to teach the kids how to deal with it, but she can't even do it herself. And she's struggling with the same exact to mode. Drink her own medicine. Exactly. But she's having to tell the kids, no, you can't do that. And the kids, you can tell, are really upset and attempt to age up again. And Wanda has, no, no don't do that just to avoid your You can't get older just to avoid dealing with your grief right now. And so she's having to She's basically preaching to herself about what she's ignoring for herself. Um, Everything she's telling the kids is exactly what she's doing for herself, which is this weird dynamic. And she's, and what's her name? Um, Agnes again, right there present with the dog. They're looking for the dog and who's got it. Agnes and the dog's eating some, some, what is it? Lilacs. Uh, Azaleas. Azaleas and dies. I want to go back to where the, the initial dog scene because it leads into our second negative interaction between vision and Wanda. And you can see that some of the threads are getting pulled and things are starting to fall apart because um, she just spontaneously, you know, snaps her fingers and there's a dog collar. And he's like, Wanda, you're using your magic in front of Agnes. And she's like, well, she, she didn't even know the boys that went from like five to 10, you know? So, so who cares? And she's just getting really willy nilly and not caring and she said, I'm tired of hiding. You know, maybe you don't have to hide either. But the way that she said it, I noticed especially the second time I watched, it's kind of an uncomfortable tone. Like um, a lot more of Wanda's verbiage comes across a lot more threatening as the show's going on. Um, and there's a, there's a line from Vision that I wanted to point out um, because he tells Wanda, we are usually so much of the same mind. And the reason that that caught my eye is the thing. I, yeah, you guys know. You guys know. Um, is the Mind Stone because that is what birthed Wanda's powers. And, of course, that was kind of served as the um, sole power source, amongst other things, for Vision. Uh, we, As far as we know, there is no Mind Stone. It's been destroyed. Vision does not have it. So they're not of the same mind anymore. Literally. Anyways. I, that's That's got a lot of layers, man. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's some lasagna right there, dude. But, Layers. but I, I think so. Like with, I love that interaction. I, I love that interaction because it was like it, I don't want to say it's vision like falling out of love with Wanda, but he's he's quickly realizing he's becoming that, disillusioned. Yes, it's like what is going on here, and like doing the the magic in front of Agnes. Like Agnes has been knowing. That Wanda is super powered from the first episode, where Wanda's all like cooking and stuff. And there's stuff everywhere. Like uh, it's all flying around. Agnes is like walks in and, and plays dumb to what's going on behind her, right? Like Agnes isn't stupid. She knows what Wanda's capable of. So I think she's been obviously playing this role, fully knowing what Wanda's capable of. Which, which raises the question again: Who does she work for, or who is she with? Where where her allegiances lie? Who is your but daddy, now, and what does he do? Well, this goes to, uh, with 
Agnes is one that always confuses me too, because she's outside when vision comes outside in the driveway, talking to Herb and telling him, Hey, 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 hey here he comes. Like almost like act your part. Where was Herb in this episode too? What the hell? I wanted to see him cutting down another bush. Um, or but or cutting through a wall with yeah. with head trimmers, uh, but it working. It was working. The it's because they're probably yeah, cardboard. I feel that's why I'm so torn on Agnes because she's she's involved in what's happening, almost like she's on the inner workings of what's happening. She knows the storyline a little bit more than everybody else. Everyone else is playing a random part, but Agnes is the uh, she's that co co-star uh, basically with Wanda and to help Wanda along the path. She Almost like she's guiding. Wanda does. She knows more than Wanda does. Yeah, absolutely. Like she's aware of that they're living in Wanda's fantasy and she's trying to help Wanda's fantasy, which again makes you think, well, who's telling, who's giving Agnes information? And um, I know that we still, we still have um, a decent chunk left and there's the the ends obviously going to lead to a lot of speculation so i'll try to clip through some of these next um talking points pretty quickly we talked a little bit about the planning and the planning is how is sword going to find a way to infiltrate westview and get in there and that's when we talk about captain marvel a little bit but what we find out that is interesting is that monica has an epiphany and she wants to go see her outfit that she wore um when she was in uh wanda's reality and she takes a gun and fires at it, and the bullets just hit and drop. And they're like, well, that's weird. Why? And they, they do a testing on it, and it's 87% Kevlar, meaning like she was wearing like a Kevlar vest when she went in, and it just got like trans, it transformed. Like reality was warped, but the elements were still there. Like, you know, the, the truth of the outfit was still there, it just got restructured. Um, and so that helps them figure out that, like, well, Maybe we can send something in there and it'll survive like the um, going through the barrier if nothing has to happen to it. If it doesn't have to be transformed to uh, conform to the 80s thing that they have going on right now. So they get an old drone and they send it in uh, into Westview to see what's going on. And we will follow up with that later. I think a big talking point real quick is Vision's work. I want to talk yes. about that. Oh. Um, they're introducing computers to, to his co visions, introducing computers to his coworkers. So I'll let you guys take it from there. Listen, the line of, if I send an email, where do I put the stamp? <laughs> tells you everything right. you need to know about uh, early nineties uh, computer technology and people's misunderstandings of what it actually meant. But we also see they, they sneak in and they send a coded message into the, the universe through the computers. Uh, and it even says it's from sword. And uh, it, it delivers a message inside. Um, and like uh, the one gentleman is basically playing dumb, like, oh, you, this is for you. Why don't you respond? Uh, Norm. And he's trying Norm. to help uh, communicate that. And Vision's very confused. And this is the moment we get to see a glimpse of Vision actually still having his powers. But he touches the mind of Norm and sets him free from the brainwashing. And we see like full on panic from norm like where am i what's going on she's in my head where where's my father i need to get a hold of my sister my father's sick he's having this he's trapped in a reality that is not one he wants to be a part of and he has a real life outside that is falling apart that he can't a justified be justified exponential crisis 
Oh, absolutely. Like he's having a panic attack and it, it, we see horror in his face. Like he is yeah. really having a bad moment. And then Vision to put him, him at ease, like taps him back in and he immediately starts laughing again. And he's like, Haha, you know, uh, emails, you know, whatever. And it's, but that little bit is huge for Vision to go, okay, Wanda's doing something to all these people. And Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about um, the, that email that they, they snuck through there got read aloud by all the coworkers simultaneously. Yo, yeah. So it's I believe the email was from Darcy. Uh, Darcy's the one that sent it through. And Vision starts to read it, and then everybody else starts to read it together. And this weird, like, child story Cult, kind of like. Yeah, and it's this cold read. They're not, like, putting any personality on it. And Vision, is, like what you guys mentioned, he's like, what is going on? And he believes. We're talking about the Maximoff anomaly. It's uh, like, now, now we're just, we're throwing, we're throwing these new things into this show. And it's like, how, like, what is this Maximoff anomaly? And why Wanda, oh my God. So let me read it real quick. It says, oh, please do. Dr. Darcy Lewis, findings regarding Maximoff anomaly, high levels of radiation present at perimeter effect on residents uh, or on Westview residents unknown. Please advise. And it's and then the second that reading stops, everyone just starts laughing. Yeah. And, and the it's like, it's a joke. Yeah. It's a, it, they don't believe it. Yeah. It says sword top secret uh, communication, authentic uh, authentication, and then reads the email and everyone just laughs it off. Like this is hilarious. Like, That's, no, there's radiation so having an effect on everyone in this town. It's so twisted. And when I, like, when I got done watching uh, episode four and I did my little, like, spoiler thing on that, my thought process was, are all these people dead? And this scene just confirms that they're not, that they're all still alive. They all have lives. But for the most part, I believe they all have lives. They all have these things going on in their own lives. But they're stuck in this trance by Wanda and... Like how, and she, I don't, I get, don't want to get too far ahead, but it's like, how, why would she do this? This isn't the Wanda that we know. Why is she, why is she trapping these people in this false reality? And with Norm, it's like, I have to call my sister. My dad is sick. Like these people have real life issues. And Wanda, we're supposed to believe that Wanda is more than willing to sacrifice those people's lives, those people's well-beings in favor of hers the house and, of maximoff and the house of the house of maximoff and so damn it's it's so messed up and this was probably the most messed up thing the show's given us so far um because we heard dialogue from this real person in this world that one is created he's like like get me out of here and and then vision has to put him back Twice now we've we've heard about excruciating pain, both from Monica and from Norm. They're like it hurts. There's like, a voice I, I in my the, head. The I mental mean, toll must be, it has to be excruciating, because and the longer you go in this, like the worse it's gonna get. And and the fact that Vision was so it was so easy for him to break Norm out of it and to put him back in. So. I think we sh we will get more of that in episode six, Vision trying to navigate this world and what the hell is going on, because it's 
it's so messed up, and I can't believe I won't believe that Wanda's doing this herself. I I won't. I refuse to believe it. Even in the trailers, we see spots where Vision touches other people, and does that same thing where he sets their mind loose, and we get to see that curtain pull back because he's trying to figure out how it's affecting different people and what's going on. Uh, one thing that I think is crazy is that the boys see, seem to be impervious to what Wanda's doing. They're aware of what she's doing. They call her out on the fact that she has the power. She can bring back the dog. Um, and they're aware that she can do all of these kinds of things, almost like they're not susceptible because they were born inside. They're not part of the brainwash. True. Matter of fact, yeah. when, when she tells them they can't have something, they're like, Oh, well, we'll just do what we need to do to get the thing. And I think that ties in real, um, to the next scene where there's kind of a confusion over vision. Cause Billy and Tommy ask Wanda, they say, hey, where's dad? And she's like, oh, well, he's at work. And they're like, mm, but it's Saturday. And then she's like, mm, it's it's Monday. Like, she's trying to have an effect on the time, obviously, within this world. And nothing gets by the kids. Because yeah, she they says it's Monday. In an unaltered reality. They're like, no, it's Saturday. Well, they um, say it's Monday. Or she says it's Monday. And the kids go, well, this morning it was Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you can't change the day midday, Mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, she, and then... Um, Wanda just says, oh, well, dad had to go into work. He needed a distraction because we're not always on the same page. And then they're like, oh, from us. And then you hear the the noise outside and the the dog starts barking. And so she goes outside and Sparky escapes. And we get the drone uh, appearance inside of Westview. uh, Who wants to take it? Oh, uh, go ahead, Chris. Look, so we saw the, 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 the suspect director character from S.W.O.R.D., and he views Wanda as a threat. So we're um, saying they, he might be Mephisto, just to cut throw that in there in the mix. And, and we'll get to the Mephisto stuff more <laughs> towards the I, end. Oh, I know. I know. I'm sorry to interject. Uh, go go no, ahead. You're fine. You're fine. because uh, I haven't thought of that, and that's a good one. <laughs> so uh, they agree, both parties agree, like that's sending the drone just to speak to Wanda, just to speak to her and to see what's going on and see if anything crazy has happened, if we can find her. So they send the drone in and it's it's Monica controlling the drone and they see that the drone just has a, like a messed up signal, but they're still able to see picture and it's in black and white. And they had to send in the drone of that time of that, uh, of that era. So it can work within it's in the dome. So they get to Wanda's house. They find it. Wanda, like you hear Sparky or they hear Sparky. They all step outside Wanda and the two kids. And then like, they're trying to speak to Wanda, but it's not going through, I guess, or Wanda's not listening. And the director's like, all right, like, um, I, I forget the proper verbiage, but he's like, send in, send in the missile. And it's like, it's like what? And Mo- take Monica's the shot. Like, take yeah. the shot. And, and Monica's like, wait, what? And you can see Wanda on the shot, like her eyes glow super red. And bang, cuts the feed. And Monica's pissed because like, why would, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And now... They're viewed as an antagoning force, and one is going to view all of them as an antagoning force, although she probably already did beforehand with the sword, necklace, and when Monica was Geraldine. But now they attacked her, they tried to attack her. And that's... They, they, they done messed up. They done messed up doing that stuff. And we saw what happened to the drone because Wanda steps out of her own illusion after there's a breach... And bang, she comes out and throws the drone back at them. And she tells them to leave her alone. Now, one of the 
the coolest parts with this is that she comes out, everyone's got laser scopes on her, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells her that she's holding people hostage and she goes, who's the one pointing the guns? Ah. And, and the whole time they're talking and she's working magic behind her back kind of. And she goes, this is the last time I'm going to warn you stay out of my reality. And she goes, turns to walk away and flips all the guys, with the guns, turn their guns directly on the director, which I loved like, Hey, you don't like it when people are trying to shoot you either, bro. And you don't have yeah. any control here. And it puts him back in his place. And Monica also steps forward and is like, hey, we're here to help. I'm on your side. Like, She's like I have everything I need. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and when Wanda goes back in, she also changes the barrier of the hex into now it's red glowing, almost like it's a force field. It's no longer a, uh, a barrier to kind of keep people uh, or to create the illusion. Now it's a protective barrier. It's set red, which... Mm. She's pissed. And to put it lightly, look at how much yeah. she's grown with her powers. Because if you look at Age of Ultron, you know, she would get behind like Tony or whatever and like mind warp him and stuff. Now she's just like, boom, that's just like 10 people right there, mind control, doing what I want them to. Her confidence and ability with her powers uh, just continue to grow and be set loose the more she uh, stops trying to hold them back, I guess. Um, but she's really quite capable. Uh, but yeah, turning everything on the director, basically to let him know, hey, dude, yeah, coming into my house to talk to me and act, and then trying to take a shot. At first, I thought that she was going to open fire on this man, and it would and it would have been like the ultimate turning point. And then we would we would fully lose Wanda, and she's obviously not the same person. That's not what happened in the episode, thank God. But so we don't. <laughs> Sure. We would have had many a question if Wanda was just willing to let this person die in front of Darcy, Monica, and Jimmy Woo. But that's not what happened. She put she lets him go. The, the guns are put down, and the the red force field goes up. Oh, like but... I said, threatening. Like there's a lot of threatening energy. She's not carrying mm-hmm. through with any of it, but she's still scary. Oh yeah. Then when she goes back inside, we see the kids have lost the dog. Right. And they're freaking out. And one of the best little quick lines is they run by the mailman. Hey, have you seen our dog? Oh, don't worry. Your mom won't let him get far. Just is another one of those creepy things. Kind of like the doctor in episode three when they're having the babies. And he's like, oh, you know, these yeah. small towns, it's impossible to escape. I Like this line of don't worry, your mom won't let him get far is just like, oh, no, don't worry. Your mom's got this under control. She's warping all this anyways. It's so scary. This is so scary. And we haven't seen anything yet. I bet this show will get demented towards the end. Like, right. Especially with, if it's a lead-in towards Doctor Strange. And we, we have a feeling how Doctor Strange 2 is going to pan out. But this is really going to give us a sense into what, what Stephen Strange is going to have to be dealing with going into that movie. Because we're going to see some demented, crazy stuff. Especially if we think Mephisto's involved. And that's the most popular theory is Mephisto. Like well, you get devil. witch versus wizard in a in a duel here at the end of this thing. Or yeah, well, the combination powering up together to battle Mephisto. This thing could be all, all over the place. Mephisto could totally be also the antagonist of of Doctor Strange 2. I'm I'm in the camp that thinks Wanda is the antagonist of her own show. Like Wanda yeah. like Wanda is viewed as the antagonist of this program. Like right now. Yes, as of right now, and she may phys- it may physically be Wanda, but mentally, I don't think it's just Wanda. I think it's there's other parties involved, as we've mentioned a few times now. 
But those parties, we had no idea, just thoughts, just guesses. Well, when we have that group of three on the outside that are trying to help save her, and then we have Vision on the inside who's trying to let her, like, help her realize this isn't this isn't right what's going on. Like, mm -hmm. you, you've, you're doing more damage than good right now. And so she does have allies, but it's how are these people going to help her pull out of whatever she's got going on? Uh, and it's pretty devastating. And then when she goes back in is where we jump to the scene where she's telling the kids she can't reverse death, which is just so <laughs> uncomfortable. Yes. I think somebody made um, somebody made a good point about uh, Wanda. They were comparing her to Heisenberg for any of those who have watched Breaking Bad because we see the slow slip into antagonist, um, but we are kind of following and we understand every step of the way. Now, do I think she's going to go full Heisenberg and just really not care about anybody? I don't quite, but I think it was an interesting comparison. Yeah. No, she, she's definitely on this villainous antagonistic arc right now because she villains think they're right in what they're doing. And Wanda's exactly she's doing exactly that. She's doing she's it's it may not be her mentally, but physically Wanda's doing all these things to all these people and she's hurting them, obviously. If Monica is any example of that. And when the dog, when, when Sparky dies and the kids straight up say like, mom, like, like bring him back. Like you, you've like, obviously you've done it before. You're doing it right now. And, and then Agnes comments. She's like, you can do that. Yeah. And oh. It's like, oh, like I, and I think again, Agnes playing dumb. And she's like, oh, like you can do that. No, but you know, like stop, like stop, <laughs> like stop it, Agnes. But the uh, she's being a hypocrite just so she can keep the illusion. So she can um, keep herself as innocent as she can to her kids until I get I bet later in later episodes we'll see her go full Scarlet Witch and which has a negative connotation for as much as we love Scarlet Witch in the books as much as we love Wanda which when you say witch you call someone a witch it's a bad thing I'm not so, a witch I'm your wife <laughs> <laughs> so and I and I bet that's what she's gonna say to Vision at some point yeah oh <laughs> So, oh I mean, man, please. if they do that, oh, I would All love right. the show even more than I already do. This um, is great. This is a great show. <laughs> post that scene though is where we go back to the house, and this is where we have the head-to-head -head versus a Vision versus Wanda when she tries to roll credits on Vision mid-conversation. I, I gotta step out for like a minute and a half. I'm just gonna run to the restroom. You guys got it. For go ahead. Yeah, they yeah when they go to this head-to-head -head and Vision basically is calling out Wanda. She's trying to basically tell him that uh, he's wrong. He doesn't know what's going on. And, uh, and the credits are, and he, the credits roll start going through the scene and he keeps yelling at her. No, you can't do this. We need to talk about this now. You oh, can't God. just turn off the show and pretend it's not happening. Um, yeah. We, we see a break in her reality. She wants this to end so that nobody gets to see what's going on. And he's like, no, we're you and me are having this out right now. You know, you can't just go to bed and call it a night. We're going to talk about this. You know, and everybody, every married couple has ever been in this scenario where one person's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go to bed or I'm going to go take a shower or I'm going to the store. And the other person's like, no, you're not. This is like, we're going to air all the dirty laundry right now. And this moment of him calling her out for what she's doing, she's doing damage to other people. She's causing serious harm. And then the doorbell rings. And I love this moment because 
it immediately they're both expecting Agnes to be at the door. Like they're having it out, they're yelling, they're arguing. He's trying to reason with her, and the doorbell rings. And immediately we see this moment of vision sit back and just completely lose all faith in Wanda. Like again, every time we're having a moment, you bring somebody in to change it. And and even before the doorbell rings and they're having their initial squabble and Vision is emphasizing, like, I don't know anything before today. Like, yes. I don't know what, I don't remember. And he, and Paul Bentley is acting his butt off. Like, he is just like, I don't know what is happening. I don't know, like, I don't remember. And he's like, and, and he's calling her out, like, you, like, you're doing this. And even she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. But mm -hmm. she likes it because she's getting what she wants. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't know the, the scope of what she's doing and she doesn't care because the only thing she cares about are herself, Vision, Billy and Tommy. That's it. That's all Wanda cares about. And they're all within the same household and she has control of all three of them. And another thing is um, like she like Vision calls her out for like mind control stuff and she's and he's like, oh, um, like, like, can you do that to me? Or like, have you been doing that to me? And she's like, can I? No, he and, says you you can't control my brain like that. And she oh, goes, Oh, but can't I? Which and I think that was actually earlier in the episode. Yeah, but it's, it's boom credits. <laughs> yeah. That that's one of those moments you're like, ooh, that's mm -hmm. Talk maybe about she does have that kind of power over. Oh yeah. Talk about well, threatening. She threatened him right there. Yeah, that makes vision think, okay, well then what what control do I have in my own life? I'm I'm nothing here. And uh, he asks he he makes the point about the kids. He's like, We got Billy and Tommy, but I walk by an empty playground every day. Why are there no other kids in our neighborhood? That was Why does nobody live here? Mm -hmm. oh, man. Again, this episode nonstop, start to finish. And, and now we're right here near the end, and they're having it out. And ding, this that doorbell ring, I totally thought it was Agnes going to be like, okay, what has she got, a pie? Just to break <laughs> the tension? I, I hate that Chris, like to a degree, got it spoiled for him because like I wanted to play the game what was everyone's first thoughts? And Chris is like, Aaron Taylor Johnson. But I mean, I guess that's that's still an interesting first thought because it happened to not be the case. Uh, Sky, you said Agnes. Was it Agnes all the way until you saw the back of the head? When I saw the back of the head, I thought Magneto. Right. Okay. Ooh. I saw gray hair. I thought Magneto on the back of the head. Was and I was like, okay, are we going? Did you think Ian McKellen uh, or, or Michael uh, I was hoping for a uh, either Ian McKellen or possibly like a Viggo Mortensen, gray hair, Magneto, or uh, oh, an older Michael Fassbender, Magneto. Um, Finally some, show him aging after 40 years? Correct. <laughs> they, they, I was I was expecting something along those lines uh, when I saw the gray hair. And then I remembered for a moment that Quicksilver had it. And then my brain kicked in because I was thinking that as the kids aged, we would see speed be Evan Peters. I was, th I thought I was on that same boat. But oh, then when you wow. see this one, I'm like, oh, no. So Evan Peters is Pietro. And when he, when she opens the door, she's just looking at him like confused as to who this is. And he says, what, my own sister doesn't recognize me. And you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. Like, and he's like, Hey, like, my <laughs> sister doesn't recognize like, me. I, can't, I can't give my little sister a squeeze. It's such a good line. <laughs> and then she, uh, she says Pietro and then it cuts to Darcy and Darcy's like, they recast Pietro? Like and I I thought it was Aaron Taylor Johnson at first because 
it was not Days of Future Past hair. The back of the head looks closer to what Aaron Taylor Johnson had in Age of Ultron. So let me just say though, the leather jacket Hawaiian shirt totally a fit for the uh for the X-Men Quicksilver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it was like he looked the part of what X-Men Quicksilver would look like if you brought him over. De definitely and different than Eric Taylor Johnson. We've seen Evan Peters play 80s Quicksilver because that would have been, I believe, Apocalypse. Yep. Because first class was seventies. First class was sixties, I think. Oh, you're right. Sixties. Seventies was Days of Future Past. Right. And then eighties was yeah. So this is the second time Evan Peters has played Quicksilver. Can I point something out to you guys that maybe you didn't catch that makes me curious about this Pietro? And that is something that bothered me about Days of Future Past. They always refer to Quicksilver as Peter in that movie. Ah, uh, like, yeah. Like, His name's not Peter. It's mm -hmm. Pietro. It's different. And even yeah. when you look up Peter Maximoff, you know, Evan Peters Quicksilver comes up. And I don't know if that was their subtle way of like differentiating the two. But then, you know, he admits to being Pietro. I was like, well, because of spelling, those are two different characters. <laughs> the, uh, I'm still under the impression they're two different characters. But uh, oh, I, yeah, I am fully under the idea that this is not Quicksilver. No, this is a guy. There's no, no way somebody else. Uh, whether it's Mephisto or someone else playing a role, but this is strategic unless she's so desperate to bring back her brother, but why not bring back Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that are like, okay, this, like my whole Twitter feed is just blown up with like, this is the beginning. Like they've brought one person over from the X-Men dimension. I'm like, did they, did they, or did they just really I, play with the audience? Oh, I, I, so I, I got a text from one of my friends last night. Um, my, my boy John texted me. He's like, we're totally getting X-Men for Fantastic Four. I said, pump the brakes. Pump, yeah. Like, hold up. Like, like, that might not even be Quicksilver. And they look like Quicksilver, and it's the Mr. X from the MCU. Because they know what they're doing. They're working us. Of course. Like, Marvel knows what they're doing. And they want us to think that's Quicksilver. And the masses are buying that it's Quicksilver. He's like, hey, let me give my sister a hug. It's like, no, it's not Petro. No. Well, I don't he didn't have that type of accent. <laughs> in the other it, it, movies it, it, either right, right oh can i just say something when when wanda was outside of the hex she had her sokovian accent back yeah and then she came saw, back inside we saw oh. a little bit in the i'm trying to remember when if it was monica Rambo, three, right when she's number talking three, when the babies are born yeah we see like we she see breaks her so. own illusion like she like even within her own reality she'll break it and yeah. like when ultron was brought up she's like oh uh, like is she what did you say yeah, <laughs> like exactly how she said it too. I, so, I, I'm under yeah. no illusion that Aaron or that uh, uh, Pietro is Pietro. You know, I don't. I don't buy it. Evan I Peters, it. I just don't see it. She um, was surprised to see him. She was surprised to see him there. She like, didn't recognize him, and she. Didn't, I don't think she did it, which makes me no. wonder, like, who is trying to sub in or recast Pietro for Wanda. And I'm not going to get any details because I don't want to ruin it for anybody that's um, watching or for you guys. But I did find a leaked like 45 seconds from, I think it's that episode seven. And I'll just say wow. con contextually, uh, there's something with Evan Peters that more so makes me think he not good guy. I want to say that. Well, um, unless this is a weird thing where she What's brings that? vision. She brings vision back to life. 
right? Yeah. Um, but his body wouldn't decay like a human's. But she brings Vision back to life, and she can make him look like Vision. But she brings uh, a, a decomposed corpse of Quicksilver back. It's going to be harder to make him look like himself uh, from just bones oh. and decayed matter. But at least she remembers what he looks like. <laughs> so at least she <laughs> try her best to make him look like ATJ, but no. No, and yeah, the fact that she stands there confused, and it's not until he says, can't give my own sister a squeeze, that does she go, she actually says, a, a, not a statement, she asked the question, Pietro? Like, the yeah. tone, she says, is questioning. She doesn't and know it's him. You can zoom in on that that hug. She's sitting there like... It's an awkward hug, kind of like a, um, okay, like she's doing the close hands, like, oh, hi, bro. Um, it's like when your family makes you hug you're like your uncle you haven't seen in 10 years. It's like, it's yeah. that type of thing. And it's just like, oh, like, mm, I don't want to do this, but um, I will do this this one time. And obviously, Jesse, you saw the little bit. And there's no way Evan Peters is playing Quicksilver. He's, this is a lie. This is a facade. And whoever that third party is that, that we haven't seen yet, they're the ones that are putting Pietro in this I, reality. I have, I have a point. Because remember when the Far From Home trailer came out? And Mysterio started talking about multiverses. And everyone's like, this is it. This is the introduction to multiverses. And um, Quentin Beck was full of shit. The liar. <laughs> the lie. All of that yeah. was made up. And so uh, I think Marvel's might be pulling a little bit of Quentin. I mean, we know we're getting multiverse. But don't be surprised if Marvel is going to just throw curveball after curveball at us. Le this had totally the feel of here's this last 30 seconds now chew on that for a week right. and just marvel that it is just hang there at the end of the 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 carrot dangling out just just sitting there wanting more and then the the beauty of it is how many podcasts how many youtube videos how many conversations are out there of people trying to figure out what's coming next and none of them no people have oh, yeah. theories we have ideas. Nobody knows. Yeah, and I guess Kevin Feige knows. That's it. <laughs> out of all the thousands of podcasts and videos that are coming out about this, maybe a one percent of them are correct. Someone said something that made sense and it might be right. But yeah, but it was a guess. It, it was a guess. <laughs> it was not like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. No, you don't. No one does. There's Especially a small part of me that almost hopes that Mephisto isn't involved. Just. Because we're all so damn sure about it. I, I, I've been trying to cover my ass when it comes to that. Like, it's like, oh, it's Mephisto or any other Doctor Strange villain that he's <laughs> <laughs> like, like a nightmare. Or if you want to bring Dormammu back, like something like that. Like, I, I'm thinking like you could. We know that Doctor Strange is always trying to keep powerful people in check. He's got a list. That's why he's got Loki on his list. Maybe he came up to Wanda and was like, you are scary. We need to bubble you and then maybe give you some of what you want. And then he's just, and then he doesn't know that she's going to rip open the multiverse. Because so Benedict she's nuts. Cumberbatch is the new Nick Fury because he's going to be in Spider Man. He's going to be in his own yeah. movie. He's going to be in WandaVision all within a year? That quite, is crazy. Quite Benedict Cumberbatch. Holy. I mean, okay. Yeah, but how long have we been waiting for more Doctor Strange? Hey oh. <laughs> yeah. Like Doctor Strange, the standalone movie is fantastic. And in Infinity War, uh, he is great. Uh, yeah. unfortunately, endgame, we get him right at the end. 
but and he's just holding, holding up, up some water. water. <laughs> like, you guys got that? I got this. I'll worry about the water. Why? He he's so awesome, and Benedict Cumberbatch is such a great actor. I I'm all for more and more and more of him that we can get. Uh, is he the so, Luke Skywalker cameo then? Huh? Is, is he, he the Luke Skywalker cameo? Bendy Cumberbundy? Uh, very very possibly. Um, but then the question is, when do you are you, do you slip him in at the very 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 end of this? We're talking last thirty seconds of episode nine, like or post credit scene. Him like going back to Westview and he's like, what happened? And yeah. and it's all like destruction and mess. And or they call him into vehicles it. everywhere. They yeah. call him in to set Westview back right after all the devastation that happened to it. Is there anybody in that group that knows Dr. No, not right now. But I mean, that would Directly, be no. that would be a great way to connect Multiverse of Madness to the show is like they call Dr. Strange. Like, so we tried all these things. And what we've established is weird stuff's happening. So, hey. <laughs> like, he uh, has to use the connections. Like, it's like Jimmy Woo has to call Scott Lang. Scott Lang has to call whoever the hell. And he has to call Dr. Or has to call Stephen Strange. Yeah. Like, he has a phone, but it's like, you got to go get him. He's in New York. You got to go find him at the Sanctum. Well, it, no, it could be one of those things because Dr. Strange is watching what's happening on the earth all over the place at once because he's kind of a guardian. Uh, he's watching the reality. Watching this, the, um, yeah, he said that he in, should uh, be having tabs on Wanda regardless. Yeah, it was somebody with her kind of power, he should be well aware. And so it might be yeah. a situation where he come and comes and volunteers or steps in as a means to try and help. Um, again, with some of the trailers we've seen for what's coming, they try and drive machines into the into the hex. They do all kinds of stuff to penetrate. In my mind, seeing it, Doctor Strange opening a portal into the hex is the only way to get in without damage this imagine right here imagine stephen strange on television that's that's all we're doing nowadays like doc if you would have told me this five years ago oh yeah we're getting your doctor strange movie but in five years he'll be on tv shut up like you're a dirty liar I love that everyone was questioning the budget of this show for like the first few episodes. Like, where is this two hundred and twenty million dollars? I'm like, I guarantee you, it's crammed in the last half. Oh, oh, because yeah, that sling ring ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. <laughs> sling ring ain't cheap. Print that shirt. Print it. <laughs> sling ring ain't cheap. And no, oh, see, um, to go back to Quicksilver, Quicksilver for a second, right? What are the odds we still see Aaron Taylor Johnson in this show? I'm trying to go like hopes versus expectations because it's like two different percentages. <laughs> I think zero. Oh shit! Damn. Scott coming in. <laughs> Scott Sorry. coming in hot. Uh, <laughs> Crush is like, oh, you want to see him? Nope. Chris is hopes and dreams. It's, it's nothing for it's nothing for not wanting to see him. They killed his character a long time ago, and to draw him back, especially since they are ready. I have a counterpoint. His name is Red Skull. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, and okay. in universe that oh, was an like, abomination. Years ago. An we abomination. Got, he's coming back in She-Hulk. That's a deep cut. All right, yeah, but those guys didn't die. Those no. guys didn't die. Uh, Aaron Taylor, like Quicksilver, died. There's 20 bullet holes to prove it. Okay. That was the counterpoint. To <laughs> it the was only 18. He could be fine. Okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. Most of those were critical hits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Ultron got a combo breaker on him. Yeah, literally. Did we ever see There's one guy on the side, like bang, headshot, got him. Did we? Did we? Say, well, he spoke before he died. 
He's like, I didn't see that coming. And then he dropped. Like, look, okay. I, I like to think we will not see Quicksilver reanimated a la Vision style. No, that's not going to happen. I, I want to see Wanda talk to Pietro one more time, though. Yeah. Like, like I, I, we, need, I, we need closure. She deserves closure on Pietro. Whether it's this or in Doctor Strange 2, I think we will see Aaron Taylor Johnson. And he won't be, he won't be back, but just for one scene on set for a day. I don't think day. so. Age of Ultron was not fair to him. I think the goodbye no. we get to see is the goodbye of Wanda letting Vision go. She has to let his dead body go at the end. And so that goodbye is not going to be between her and Pietro. It's going to be between her and Vision. And the kids. At some point she's got to let let him go. No, I think the kids are fine. Well, I think, stay? I, think, I think it's going to be both because Speed and Wiccan show up in the comics after disappearing. House of M happens first. Okay. So I think she's going to lose the kids before she gets the kids. Now, maybe kids, that... Think how devastating that would be to her? What's that? Do you think she's already having grief, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. grief issues? Take away the kids? Oh, that, that's what will cause her to go crazy in Doctor Strange too. Well, and then, then you see Full Star the Witch. Maybe it's getting the kids back that really causes her to work with Mephisto. Because they're hell spawn, and Mephisto's like, I got your kids. Like, yeah. And he's like, all you got to do is kill Doctor Strange. And then, bang! <laughs> <laughs> what, what if it wasn't Vision that fathered the children, but it was Mephisto pretending to be Isn't Vision? That what it was in the comics? The kids? And now those kids are that hell spawn. Scott, you can't say <laughs> that. <laughs> Yo, I, I bet those kids are hell spawn. Like, Here's the deal. You got four episodes, roughly 25 to 28 minute runtime without credits in those. So you've got an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minute of movie left mm -hmm. to figure this out. Which, if you look at it that way, we're not even halfway through this film quite. Uh, we are just past the halfway point. Okay. But then, will this be a thing like, because we got five out of the nine done and they haven't done it. The, the length of episode has been very consistent. Um, not, not there's not, side, it's not like yeah. Mandalorian where you'll go 30 or 42 minutes and then an hour, you know. And the only thing thought with that would be, are they going to make episode nine, the finale of this series, longer to be able to carry it? But I don't think so. Well, Ooh. Chris, I know that you're really busy, but I would love to, if nothing else, have you on for the finale talk. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, we have think... to mark out a big chunk of time. Because this won't just be about the finale. This will be a, what does this lead to for the Marvel? It'll MCU. be a recap of the series and a preview of what's to come. Oh That's yeah, definitely two different finale. videos. <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be a hot second. But I, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so, mm -hmm. are we are we are we prepared to do send offs? I think we got some great thoughts together. I think we're eagerly, to say the least, anticipating episode six. Next episode, we are two thirds of the way through. That puts us into the final act. This is the. This should be the wrap up of the middle of the movie. Two things that have, that have nothing to do with the actual plot of yeah. Wandavision. One, um, stop tweeting spoilers for the love of God. Yeah, I I know you watch it. You stay up early, or if you're on the West Coast, you watch it at midnight. That's great. Don't tweet spoilers, my lord. And the second thing. Uh, hey, Disney Plus, going forward, this great thing you can do, instead of releasing the episode at midnight, 
Release it at like 8 p.m. Eastern. HBO, yeah, hit that Game of Thrones. Like, yes. don't stop, stop doing the midnight releases. If you do eight stop. o'clock or something like that, I mean, I I work at six o'clock in the morning, and it comes out at midnight. But guess what? I still watch it. How do you think I feel on Friday? It's not good. I don't feel good. Um, Wait a minute, Jesse. You text me at one forty-five this morning. Then you were up at six. You don't sleep anyways. I don't. <laughs> um, absolutely not. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. It's not my forte. But uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Drop it in the sleep. evening. Don't drop it at yeah. midnight. Like 7 because o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, somewhere in that vein. It'd be so much more easier for the reviewers and reactors and the general public to discuss it, to put it out there. Honestly, you're getting a bigger initial push at like an 8 p.m., than the scattered over the weekend one that you get um, as it is. Like you get like a couple of WandaVision reviews here, a couple here, mine on like the following Wednesday. But I mean, that's why we're doing it live. So we're <laughs> getting it up there. And I, I, I only say that because I I was one of the unfortunate souls that got half of the Quicksilver thing spoiled for them. Like I, I only saw that a Quicksilver actor would be involved. I thought it'd be ATJ. It was Evan Peters. It was a pleasant surprise, even though it's not Quicksilver at all. We're, we're saying it here first, folks. It's not Quicksilver. But no, seriously, like drop it at like 9 p.m. Eastern. If that means you can all watch it at the same time and not have to watch that midnight west or on the Pacific uh, time zone. And then the folks on the East Coast have to wake up and watch it or wait till after work. I had to watch it at work. My hope my work's not watching this. But I watched it at work so I can stay involved. So I won't be able to watch it until yeah. Friday evening. So you tell me I gotta stay off Twitter for a whole day or I stay off social media for a whole day. You're asking too much of me. You're asking if, too much. If anybody wants that 40 seconds of WandaVision that I mentioned earlier, just hit up hit up those messages. I still have that link, but curious, curious developments. That's so sus. I, I'm I don't know if I want to watch it, but my, my curiosity might kill me. Don't do it. It's it's don't not it. it's not Wait. much. And see it as it comes in the context of the episode. Take it for what it is. Don't don't do that to yourself. Don't torture yourself. Yeah. Just wait till Fridays or early Saturday. <laughs> or yeah, or, or or late Thursday. Damn. Oh yeah, late Thursday. There you go. <laughs> All right, Scott. Um, if is there, do you do you have anything you want to plug or anywhere you want people to find you or anything or just the the reclusive and rare Scott Fox. The reclusive and rare Scott Fox. I am on Facebook. That's right. And I do have a Twitter account, but I haven't used it in probably four years. Well, uh, I was educated to get a Twitter. And it's I got to tell you, it's been a blast, especially when you think that, you know, nobody knows you. And then you get drafted in the schmodown and your phone vibrates off the table. And you're like, Twitter, 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 Twitter. And you're like, <laughs> Now everyone knows you, Jesse. I will be content for the time being to be your sidekick. All right. Speaking of sidekicks, Chris, no. <laughs> Chris, one more time. Where can people find you? Uh, I mean, you can find me on my personal Twitter at the letter C, Anthony Lopez. Follow me on there uh, or on Instagram at the letter C underscore Anthony Lopez. I have a bunch of podcasts I'm a part of. Uh, just You can go to uh, the Who Are They? question mark real to ease like Jesse Entertainment. Um, I do wrestle real and spin from the real on there. Um, the, our wrestling podcast and our Schmodown reaction podcast, uh, respectively, or you can see me or hear my voice really on any podcast platform at four Chris's say Chris's C H R I S apostrophe. It's my everything podcast. 
it's all themed after a question, whatever that question is, the, the conversation goes from there. But if you don't like Marvel stuff, then you can just check out the question and dodge those. Or um, just leave. Uh, wait, no, you can stay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had my, la well, my one last week, I talked about some crimes against pop culture. Um, those being uh, the Teen Titans series from 2003 and the Amazing oh. Spider-Man series. Um, I talked about those, and the week before that was uh, my friend Taylor came on, and we talked about teaching during a pandemic. So that's wow. just the range of where this podcast is. It's my everything podcast. I really dig it. Excellent. That's that's awesome to hear because, um, I mean, we need variety. We need distractions. It's been right. one hell of a decade this last year. <laughs> uh, um, and with me, I you know do the shortcut down here. You can look at the little slider on the bottom. You can now find me on stereo doing little audio oh, yeah. podcasts with some of my friends. Um, I did one with Chris, actually. But you can just find me at a flick uh, hyphen in hyphen real, spelled the same, R-E-E-L. And also Twitter at Jesse Swift or YouTube, also Flickin' Real. Once again, best places to find me. And uh, just thank you guys so much for joining us on another installment of the Flickin' Real Fancast. And as you know, we really want to grow this channel and devote more time and energy into making informative and entertaining content for years to come. But we can't do that without you. So please subscribe. Hit that little bell icon to be notified anytime we release news breakdowns, trailer discussions, or reviews just like this one. And remember to always keep it real.